This is a book about uh, private military corporations and um, that sort of thing. Uh, very, very serious work these these men and women do. I, I've trained around a lot of these people in, in my research and doing that, you see the humor and you see the kind of the gallows humor that, that helps people get through the day. An excerpt from today's returning guest, whose latest thriller began as an audible original drama. New York Times bestselling author Mark Greeny is here, and I'll speak with him right after this break. I'm Robert Child, and this is Point of the Spear. Welcome back. Today's guest has written or co-written seven Tom Clancy novels and is the author of the best-selling Gray Man series. The film version of the first book in the series, starring Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans, debuts this month on Netflix. His latest novel, which has also been optioned for a film, is called Armored, and New York Times best-selling author Mark Greeny joins us now. Mark, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Robert. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. When you were here last time, we spoke about this book, and it was an audible original drama. How is it expanded in the novel now? Yeah, I originally wrote it at, for Audible um, as, uh, as you said, an original drama where they have a full cast, sound effects, music, all that. And, um, you know, that was a fun and different undertaking from, to what is, you know, my normal wheelhouse of writing uh, big, long novels. Yeah. I think that the quickest way to say the difference between the two works is I think the audio play came in around 50,000 words and the book is about 155,000 words. So it, it fleshes out things a lot more. It also um, takes some of the other characters uh, in the story that didn't get uh, a ton of attention and give them and gives them more attention. The hero's wife is a was an integral part of the audio play, but very much more so um, in the in the novel and the origins of how the two of them met during a war and all these other things come into play in the novel and it was just impossible to do that in an audio only format where people couldn't you know hear it hear what anybody was thinking so it's it's a, it, they're apples and oranges it's it's the same general story but there's it's just a lot more fleshed out if I recall this story started as a screenplay right originally. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to erase that from my memory banks, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I spent a few years um, trying to build it as a screenplay, and um, screenwriting is just super hard, especially when you're at that time. I was working with Tom Clancy, and we were writing 200,000 word novels, turning it into a 120 word, uh, 120 page screenplay was was really really tough, and I was getting so yeah. frustrated. And uh, finally, I, I had a conversation with the director Joe Russo, and he said, you know, just write your story out in however way you want to, and then worry about the screenplay later. And that was about the time Audible came to me and asked me if I would be interested in doing an audio play. And I kind of liked having that, you know, somebody lighting a fire under my seat and giving me a deadline <laughs> because I, yeah. you know, I started this, I started Armored, I think in 2011. I mean, yeah, 2011, I started it. And, uh, wow. and it's coming out in book form in 2022. Well, that's quite a long gestation period, but yeah. uh, yeah. you know, it's good to see it. And I, I noted there's a touch of humor in this book. Uh, going through the uh, synopsis, I I noted that there was a line that uh, said, miracles can occur in Paramus. And I, I'm from the Northeast, and I know Paramus. <laughs> and and, and I, I got that uh, humor right away. Yeah. Was this intentional? 
Yeah, I like to add humor to my stories, no matter how bleak they are, just because I think that's a, a fair reflection of reality. Um, and I've done training, you know, this is this is a book about uh, private military corporations and um, that sort of thing. Uh, very, very serious work these these men and women do. And I, I've trained around a lot of these people in, in my research and right. doing that, you see the humor and you see the kind of the gallows humor that, that helps people get through the day. And so I like to use that in my books. I, I have a sense of humor myself. I will say a little goes a long way. So I've, I've been protected by my editor over the years. Um, he's, he's given me little notes like this sounds like, you know, a Schwarzenegger line out of an 80s action film. And as oh. soon as he says that, I'm like, okay, I see exactly what you're saying. And then you ratchet it back a little bit. But this is a story with, with a diverse set of characters. And uh, I wanted every one of them to have, you know, the full range of human emotions. So there is there is quite a bit of humor in with, you know, some very serious, very bleak things going on. Well, that's, that's a good approach. I, I noticed your main character, Joshua Duffy, has an interesting job. Um, which may play into the humor. Did you plan that to make him relatable to the reader? Yeah, well, that's a good question. So the the book opens with Josh Duffy working as a mall cop. And um, because he, he was a former elite private military contractor who'd been injured. And he's, you know, it's three years later after his injury. And he's sort of doing what he can to keep his family in a house and uh you know the bills paid as best as possible so my experience training around uh contractors or whatever is as 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 elite as they are and a lot of them are former special forces you know former marines and all that as as elite as they are it's a very blue collar job when you when you boil it right down it's not Mm. you know this jet setting james bond uh court gentry jason bourne type of work it is uh you know it's it's operating a gun truck and protecting dignitaries in in you know high risk situations so i think really what i was creating more than just to make him relatable to the reader was just trying to show the average walks of life that are involved in people who do this sort of thing and honestly to differentiate it from my other series the jack ryan stuff i've done and the gray man stuff i've done this is a, you know, this is a guy who's, you know, trying to pay his rent and right. he has a, he has a fantastic wife um, who's, who's doing her best as well, but they are just, um, you know, sort of overwhelmed with medical bills that he's had and everything else and, and life's tough for him. And it, and to me, I just wanted to represent just the normalcy of, of the human condition that even people that, that pick up a gun and go, you know, try and fight the cartels in Mexico have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great approach. Uh, every man approach getting back to the audiobook, How have the listeners reacted to, uh, the audiobook? How, how has that gone for you? It's gone really well. I mean, the reviews have been great. Um, the professional reviews and just the, you know, the reviews on audible.com, um, it's done really, really well. I mean, there are there's the odd person here and there that somehow didn't read the sample or somehow didn't read the synopsis, and they're mad at me that uh, the gray man isn't in the story. Um, and I usually respond to them that I'm, you know, I'm I'm not locked into just writing one character. Lots of authors <laughs> write more than one story. Um, and then there's some people that you know were surprised by the the format because 
you know, if you're used to having someone very uh, sedately read a book to you, it, it's a little jarring to hear a machine gun go off and a car run off the road and people yelling at each other over a radio, which is what you hear in the audio play. Um, I like it. I, I, when they first approached me about doing it, I was like, well, can you give me some examples? Because I'm not even sure what we're talking about here. And right. I started listening to them. They sent me a couple of examples. And next thing I knew, I was downloading my own credits because I wanted to hear the next one of this or the next one of that. So I really enjoyed the 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 format, as did most of the readers. The the people that didn't like it were people that were used to and just wanted someone to read them the story. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Next time, Wounded Special Operations Iraq and Afghanistan combat veteran Benjamin Sledge will be here to discuss his new book, Where Cowards Go to Die. It, that's the toughest part about readjusting into you know, civilian society. It's like one minute you're overseas, everybody's trying to kill you. And then like the next you're home and everybody's so aloof because these wars have been going on forever. They're like, oh my gosh, did you hear it? It's pumpkin spice latte season. And you're like, cool. And then the, this scene in the movie, The Hurt Locker really nails it um, for all the absurdity of as far as like how they portrayed the Iraq war. Um, they nailed the ending where Jeremy Renner comes back home and he's just looking dead eyed at uh, all the options at uh, the supermarket for cereal. And I remember I went to a Chinese buffet and just stood there for like 20 minutes. Another show you won't want to miss. Summer is a great time for catching up on military history. And my book about the seven Black Medal of Honor recipients of World War II is out now. Immortal Valor chronicles these timeless heroes' life journeys through all the pain and struggle until their ultimate triumphs. I hope you check out the book or audiobook, which is available now in stores and online. Now back to the conversation. I know it's been around for a while, the original dramas, but it's yeah. sort of a new concept. Yeah, it's a little bit resurgent, I think. I mean, obviously, you go back to the radio days when that's all you had, and you had Orson Welles yeah. and, and all this. Um, and it's Audible wanted to, you know, kind of reboot that, and they've done a good job with it. And I was... I was really happy to be a part of it, but I, I agreed to it, you know, all smiles and a big thumbs up. And then I got to work on it. I was like, oh, wait, I have to do everything with audio cues. It's like I, have, I had no idea what I was getting into. But uh, after after a while, it, it became, you know, second nature to to see things through the listeners ears, if that makes sense. Yeah, you come. Uh, I imagine because I've, I've written a number of screenplays, I, I imagine in an audio um book play you become a director would, mm -hmm. would you say that's true yeah, absolutely and and i enjoy giving them you know all the the cues and the little you know notes that you know this is a this this type of vehicle and it is you know going this direction and it's being passed by this and you know, it got down to that level of nitty-gritty and i remember they had me come to uh new jersey where where audible is located for a, a pre-production meeting um, this was right before COVID, so the, the this this all should have happened a year ago. Everything got kind of kicked, oh, kicked, kicked a year and a year and a half. But they were about to start, and I remember meeting the uh, the director and the producer board who I hadn't met before. I had an editor who was you know in charge of the whole thing, and so they came into the room and shook my hand and were very nice and very polite. And then in the nicest, most polite ways, they told me what a crappy job i've given them <laughs> because they were like yeah you you've you you've let left us with some sort of production difficulties here 
One of them was they needed 13 Mexican actors to do the 13 different Mexican roles. And they didn't want to use uh, people that weren't authentically Mexican. And, uh, you know, they, they, I remember them saying, it's like, you know, here in theater in New York, it's easy to get uh, Puerto Rican actors or, you know, lots of other Latin actors, but uh, Mexicans is going to be some work. And they did it um, to their credit. It's amazing. And um, I thought they did a really, really good job. But, you know, when I wrote this story, it's like, when, it's, it's like if you're a novelist and something's, you know, adapted for the film, Right. You, as a novelist, you can write it on the moon, and it doesn't cost one dollar more <laughs> to do it that way. Or you can have yep. everything explode, or nuclear hall, whatever. And it doesn't. It's just words on on a page. And uh, once I got into the the film, you know, uh, business to some degree, um, then it was people would be like, "Ooh, gosh, oh, we'll have to change this to this." And you have this happening, you know, on the left bank of Paris. Let's move it somewhere to, you know, Croatia or something like that. Right. And I understand that, but that's literally not a factor for an author at all to think about. I know. It, 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 being a director for a long time, I'm always writing, well, how much is this going to cost? And, yeah. and how are we going to put that together? And yeah. how's this going to work? And um, yeah. there's such a freedom in being a novelist. Yeah. It's just a blissful ignorance is maybe what you would call it. <laughs> I mean, when I was having my first conversation, I actually armored uh, this book that's coming out, um, has sold to Sony to uh, to be adapted into a film. And, uh, oh, you know, when you're having your first conversations with them, it, it's the the level that they can read a screenplay or, or an audio play or a novel and say, OK, this is this is good. this is a $50 million movie or this is a $110 million movie. Or they'll send it back to the screenwriters and say, we got a little more in the budget let's let's bump it up and they and that is all reflected in the screenplay somehow i have no talent for that and honestly i'm too old to learn how to do that i'll just keep writing the books yeah yeah and uh you know making the stories as big as possible yeah yeah now with the novel version of armored is this going to be well it's going to be a movie but is this the start of a a new series or do you think it's a standalone I wrote it thinking it was a standalone, but the publisher came back to me and they, they wanted me to continue with it. I had already an idea for the story because as I said, very briefly, the hero's wife, uh, so the hero is Josh Duffy and his wife is Nicole and she's a former army captain who, uh, you know, I kind of wrote her against like opposite of a lot of cliches and tropes. And, you know, you think she's going to be the, worried wife home with the kids while the husband is downrange doing all this difficult stuff and that's not who she is at all she's very much an alpha female and mm -hmm. i i wanted to portray an alpha female positively because you don't see that very often you know and, and you know she's just a tough military officer and i've met a lot of tough female military officers who are very good at their job and and awesome people and so she figures very prominently into this story she's not just bringing her hands at home waiting for the phone to ring she's an active participant but i thought uh if you continue the steer series you have the husband and wife and their skill sets um diverse skill sets and there's you know other other directions you could go with that so i do have i do have a second book in mind i'm already contracted for it and i'll i'll get to, to work on that next year probably oh great great excellent Switching gears back to the Gray Man uh, subject, I know you have a uh, a film with Netflix coming out soon. 
And uh, can you tell us a little bit about how that's going? Is there a premiere planned? Yeah, I'm not sure as far as like exactly how things will go when it launches. It's It gets a limited theatrical release for a week. Uh, it comes out July 15th and it'll be in select theaters around the country. And then on July 22nd, it will be on Netflix uh, worldwide. And, uh, you know, it, it was exactly, you know, I said July 15th is when it comes out in theaters. It was July 17th of 2020. So coming up on two years when they actually greenlit it and announced it with uh, Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling and, and you know, the, the major components of the cast. So it's been two years from, you know, everybody saying, let's do it to it coming out, which is probably about average. I originally yeah. sold the screenplay in or had the screenplay optioned in 2009. So it's been bouncing around for a really long time. So it, it's pretty exciting to see what finally happens. Yeah, that's a long time about the option. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. I think everybody's had it for a while. <laughs> I feel like everyone in Hollywood's had it for a while. <laughs> Bounces around. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard there's a trend in Hollywood that they're not reading novels anymore. They want to read the screenplay version of the book. Mm. Have you uh, have you heard that in your travels? I haven't heard that specifically, but I have had screenwriters approach me about adapting things that weren't under option, as opposed mm -hmm. to having, you know, basically agreeing with what you heard. Um, you know, instead of having the the producers from some studio reaching out about something, it's it's more like let's get it to the to the next stage, and then go to you know to a studio with it. So um, I, we're talking about, uh, we're in talks with a screenwriter about adapting something for a series, something else that I co-authored. And, uh, you know, it's, everything's such a long shot. Um, Armored, you know, th the chances of it being made a film are, are slim, you know, at the end of the day, you know how this works. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I would say the same thing about The Gray Man. And I have said the same thing about The Gray Man. And in fact, up until months ago, I was still saying this whole thing was going to fall through somehow. I couldn't figure out how it was going to fall through. But uh, they, they postponed uh, filming on Gray Man for a couple months because of COVID at the beginning. Oh, and yeah. and I was like, see, I, I, you know, I told you this whole thing is going to fall through. <laughs> so now I'm thinking there will be some sort of like, you know, nuclear holocaust uh, in the next uh, couple months and it won't come out, which honestly, my my book being adapted into a film is not the worst, you know, part of a nuclear holocaust or not being adapted yeah, so yeah. we'll see it yeah. looks like it, it looks like it's actually going to happen but you know you just never know everything's a long shot uh in that business as i'm sure you know it is it is everything that you think is a sure thing isn't yeah. and yeah. it's very unpredictable yeah it's unless you're michael crichton and then you're then you're pretty much <laughs> if you write it it's coming out i guess there's, there's a few guys like that yeah or, or james patterson maybe mm -hmm. um, yeah you know, an instant uh, movie. Yeah. Well, this book is called Armored. And Mark, thank you so much for being on the show again. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Continued success, my friend. Thank you so much. See you next time. That's it for this episode. Thanks so much for joining me. Next time, wounded special operations Iraq and Afghanistan combat veteran Benjamin Sledge will be here to discuss his new book, Where Cowards Go to Die. It, that's the toughest part about readjusting into, you know, civilian society. It's like one minute you're overseas, everybody's trying to kill you. 
And then like the next year home and everybody's so aloof because these wars have been going on forever. They're like, oh my gosh, did you hear it's pumpkin spice latte season? And you're like, cool. And then the, this scene in the movie, The Hurt Locker really nails it um, for all the absurdity of as far as like how they portrayed the Iraq war. Um, they nailed the ending where Jeremy Renner comes back home and he's just looking dead eyed at uh, all the options at uh, the supermarket for cereal. And I remember I went to a Chinese buffet and just stood there for like 20 minutes. Another show you won't want to miss. And be sure to check out our Point of the Spear YouTube channel with bonus video material plus full military history documentaries. There's tons to explore and I hope you check it out. I'm Robert Child and this has been Point of the Spear. Music licensed from audioblocks.com. Point of the Spear is produced by RSC Media Group.